0: Thank you. Another episode of The Agora, the podcast that dives into political and economic issues related to Greece. With me on the diving board today, ready to take the plunge, is our producer and co-host, Phoebe Fronista. Hi, Phoebe. Hello, hello. So, Phoebe, on today's show, we're going to be checking back in with two esteemed colleagues from Macropolis, co-founder Yanis Mousakis and our business reporter, Amira Gill. And we're going to try to find out how the Greek economy is faring under the immense pressure of the COVID-19 crisis.
1: Well, it sure looks like it's in bad shape when you're out on the streets. But I think it's been completely overshadowed by what's going on health-wise, because COVID-related deaths in November have more than doubled. They're almost two and a half thousand, and cases aren't really going down in a significant way, even after almost three weeks of lockdown.
0: Yeah, that's right. November was a really bad month in Greece for uh, COVID illness and uh, deaths and the deteriorating numbers have been naturally uppermost in uh, people's minds. But if we accept that within the coming months, effective vaccines will be rolled out and the coronavirus will be suppressed, we could find ourselves in a situation where the pandemic's economic impact could linger much longer.
1: Do you think that this is a bigger concern for Greece than for other countries? Or will everybody be worried about their economies?
0: Well, of course, there is concern around the world because all economies have been suffering in this situation and governments are borrowing heavily to fund stimulus programs. But the difference in Greece's case is that, as we're painfully aware, we went through a devastating decade-long crisis a quarter of GDP lost and all that. And we were only just coming out of it over the last couple of years. Now, that little bit of momentum that was building, that's been lost. So we were talking about several decades being needed to restore the damage to the labor market from the last crisis, for instance, right? Yeah. Now, that task has become that much more difficult because of the impact, the footprint that COVID has left on the economy.
1: So, how bad is it? And do you think that things could get better next year?
0: Well, um, the Greek finance minister, Christos Daikouras, submitted the 2021 budget to Parliament a few days ago. The government now believes that the economy will shrink by 10.5% this year, which is substantially more than the expectations before the summer and almost two and a half percentage points more than just a few weeks ago before the second lockdown we're in now. We've got a clip of the minister speaking at an event organized by the LSE towards the end of October, when he was hopeful of a smaller contraction than the one we're going to get. Let's have a listen.
2: For the whole year, we currently forecast a session of minus 8.2%. This is also the concerns of the market at the moment.
0: You know, Phoebe, it's incredible to think that within a few days of making his comment, the outlook had worsened considerably as a second lockdown was adopted by the government. We should also point out that the growth projections for next year have been slashed from 7.5% to 4.8%. And I guess all all this is a reminder of how fluid and corrosive the situation is.
1: Yeah, who knows where we'll be in a month. Um, But To what extent do you think this is? Because we had so few tourists visiting Greece this year.
0: Well, of course, low tourism revenues are one of the big uh, factors, but there are others such as the lack of consumption and investment, which we'll be discussing with Yanis and Amira. But on the issue of tourism, you've been speaking to someone in the sector. What have you found out?
1: Well, I spoke with Vasilis Sakelaris. He's the founder and CEO of Tour Greece, a 40-year-old company that normally brings in around 200,000 tourists and millions of euros in revenue each year. And he says that 2020 was a disaster, unlike anything he's ever experienced. Even with the opening of tourism this summer, his company made 1% of 2019's turnover. 2019 compares to
3: anything that we had to face? We've gone through several crises in the past, but nothing like the one we are going through now. We are exactly one year with no revenue at all. Uh, instead of doing our regular revenue, which is a lot of millions, you know, every year, and our income tax and so on are high. The revenue we had this year, 2020, is 1% of our turnover. Wow. Or or less than 1% of our turnover. It's a disaster.
1: He's had to furlough more than 150 employees in his office and hotel. And the only people working right now are the CFO and him. And he still doesn't know when he'll be able to bring everyone back. Can you tell me how you were- you were feeling about about that, that push in June. Like, Did you agree with it? Uh, and, and, and then what happened for you?
3: No, I mean, uh, I don't disagree at all. I had agreed with the government to open the borders. Obviously, they didn't open all the markets. The United States market remained closed. Canada open. We had uh, several flights from Canada, but mainly it was for... Uh, Visit friends and relatives, not really packages. The opening that happened, it was good for the French market, the German market, uh, and some of the Balkan markets. But the Balkan markets, they had a lot of cases and they closed very quickly. The French market remained open up to the end, but that wasn't enough. I mean, uh, you know, in a hotel that I own, the total turnover compared to twenty nineteen it was eighty percent of our turnover besides the opening and having you know occupation from French and the local market. The local market really worked very well this year for hotels close by to Athens. People either for financial reasons or for the you know worry about COVID nineteen They didn't want or they didn't wish to travel uh, further away from Athens.
1: Despite all this, he's hopeful. He believes that things will pick up and that Greece will continue to be a top destination for tourists around the world. But the catch is, he and everybody else in the tourism sector need to somehow survive through next year and make it to 2022.
3: Next year, I mean, the bookings... They started already, but I, um, there are a few bookings from April on. More from June on. Far more, or the majority of the bookings that we receive daily now, are for September and October. We're doing our best, you know, uh, to survive till 2022. Uh, we need to stay around. We need to to survive financially. We need. Uh, to be alive till 2022 and have back, um, you know, the turnover we had in 2019. I think this year, next year, we'll be lucky if we can have 50% of the turnover of 2019. 2022, I can see all being well that we can have the turnover of 2019. Pleasure. Nice see you. you. Nice see you and nice talking to you. Thank you.
0: Well, Phoebe, that was really interesting stuff and I guess quite depressing too to hear someone talk about twenty twenty being a disaster which it feels like one but obviously to hear it from an industry professional is is a different matter uh, you know and tourism seemed to be one of the few things we could rely on during the previous crisis but um it's just a reminder again that covid has whipped away everything that uh, we we thought was pretty constant in our lives
1: yeah thanks 2020 you keep showing us that there's no sure things to put your money on these days um but let's hear what Yanis and Omaira had to say about this lovely economy.
0: Okay, let's go. So I'm glad to say I'm now joined by Omira and Yanis. Omira, as always, is under the duvet.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not because she's still in bed. I should I should add just to uh, for 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 sound quality, really soundproofing uh, reasons. Amira, great to have you back on the Agora podcast.
4: Thanks, Nick.
0: Um, Amira, in the in the first half of the episode, we heard from someone in the tourism industry here in Greece, which has been the focus of uh, lots of attention since COVID nineteen struck, because it's so vital to the Greek economy overall. Something we were discussing in the last series of the podcast, of course. The Greek government made a concerted effort to try to rescue at least part of the tourism season over the summer. Because uh, a Greek summer, as many of you
2: know, is far more than the shimmering sea and the stunning sunset. It is a state of mind as our recent campaign states, a feeling of happiness, of freedom, of tranquility, and this is why I am so proud to be standing here tonight,
0: knowing that Greece is very much open for business. Uh, tell us, did it work? What does the data, in terms of arrivals and receipts, tell us?
4: Well, you're right, Nick. In terms of the, the Greek government, really did make this big push to show um, not only to show that Greece is a safe country to visit, but to prop up the industry, as you said. But what ended up happening over the summer is, uh, you know, it reminds you of the saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So even though the government made all this effort, tried to prop up as much as they could, the tourism industry, seeing as it is so vital, the arrivals and the revenues then didn't manifest. And we got this very muted summer. If you look at the latest numbers from the Bank of Greece, which went up to September, those show that in the first nine months of the year, there's about 12.6 billion euros in tourism revenues, which are missing, which we would normally be on the books for this high season, let's say, capturing the summer high season. And for the same period, uh, visitors came to 6.1 million, which is a huge drop from around 27 million. You know, we're talking about almost 30 million visitors um, when you count the first nine months of the year, which capture the high season, and they just nobody arrived this year. It was very, very uh, slow tourism season. If there is one silver lining that you can see from the numbers we've had this year, is that there's been an increase in expenditure per trip. So fewer people came, but they did spend more, which of course wasn't enough to offset the revenues that were lost. But if that's a trend that's going to hold post pandemic, that might be good news for the industry.
0: Okay, so the picture that we have there is that it really was, uh, uh, and understandably so, a really bad year for, for Greek tourism. And the, the bid to rescue, at some point we were hearing 50%, 40%, 30%. It, 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 didn't, it didn't really happen. No. Um, okay, Yanis. Who's, uh, uh thank you for uh, joining us again uh, on the agora podcast let let's move away from uh, tourism, which obviously attracts most of the headlines and for obvious reasons can you tell us what other sectors of the Greek economy have suffered since the pandemic struck sure good to be back Nick uh, yeah I mean as you can
2: imagine the um, the, the pandemic and the restriction measures that were initially introduced in the you know in the second quarter uh, of the year because of the lockdown, and then uh, in in the third quarter because the the activity was uh, was uh, general subdued, it's reflected in the overall business that um, the Hellenic Statistical Agency is monitoring. And actually, a few days ago, they released the latest data for the third quarter. Of this year, where um, the com- the combined effect on 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 business on revenue from businesses is uh, down by 15%, and this is coming on top of uh, the equivalent 25% drop in the second quarter of the year compared to 2019. So to to get a sense of scale, what that means from uh, uh, roughly 83 billion uh, in combined revenue from Greek businesses in the second quarter of 2019, uh, we only had 70 uh, this year. And the situation is even worse when you're looking in the second quarter data because of the of the lockdown, as we said earlier, from roughly 79 billion in the second quarter of 2019, we dropped to 59 in the second quarter of 20 of 2020. So as you can imagine, the the, the pain is felt across the, the various sectors. As you said, uh, obviously the, the, um, the, the biggest drop is seen in the classification of uh, start of accommodation and food services that were 79% down in the second quarter and 50% down in the third. But then if you look at the other classifications, uh, you will see that in this the pain is felt across various categories and it can range from manufacturing, which is at roughly thirteen percent down, all the way to administrative services that are forty four percent down and in general, one thing to consider is that because many of those services require personal contact of some sort, as you can imagine, the social distancing and potentially suspension of operations, or other measures of restriction that were put in place to contain the pandemic in the first wave and now in the second, it's reflected on the on the data.
0: Right, and of course we, we should we should mention that we're in a second national lockdown in Greece and one which has been extended until December seventh and. Um, you know, the, 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 there is, of course, a, a suspicion that it might be extended further. We'll see how the situation goes. Um, Omaira,
2: yeah, adding to this, Nick, is the fact that if, if we, if based on what we see, from what's reported so far, if we've lost around, uh, you know, 20 and 13, 33 billion in sales uh, over a period of six months, and if we assume that since, as we said, we have another lockdown, for six weeks in the last quarter if the last quarter resembles at all the second then we could be looking at potentially 50 billion euros in sales lost in, huge. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge amount
0: yeah it's it, it, it has really been uh, uh, a, a bad year and certainly those uh, vaccines can't come soon enough uh, myro can you give us an idea of what uh, the impact has been, uh, the, You know the downturn that uh, Yanis has just described there, which is considerable, what kind of impact has it had on jobs? Obviously, Greece employs a furlough scheme like many other countries, but are there signs that businesses are going under and jobs are being lost due to COVID?
4: Most definitely, Nick, uh, because we're not just talking about the loss of the tourism season, which we know that tourism employs directly and indirectly quite a substantial number of people in Greece. There's other far-reaching industries as well, not just retail, but um, things like hospitality and the food and beverages industry, which have been really badly hit. Uh, Even with the furlough scheme, which the government introduced, there are real concerns that unemployment is going to shoot up because of this pandemic. Um, Now, the food and the beverage sector in Greece is the second largest employer after the public sector. And even before we had the second la- second lockdown, as you mentioned, there were concerns from industry insiders that the industry was really struggling and that businesses were on the verge of collapse. So, unfortunately, it's highly likely now that we find ourselves in a second lockdown, which we don't yet know when it's going to be lifted, it's highly likely that a large number of these businesses, especially small family-run ones, won't be in a position to reopen after the second lockdown.
0: Right, of course, uh, you know... Uh, that's what one of the issues at the moment is that perhaps the full impact of the pandemic-induced economic crisis is not yet visible. Uh, Yanis, what, how should we treat the unemployment figures at, at the moment, given that we have so many people on furlough and, and we're not quite sure, you know, do they have the jobs at the end of this crisis or not?
2: I mean, it's it's very tricky from the. From the reality of it, because you you have people in limbo, and at the same time, it's very tricky for the statistical agency to actually measure them properly and reflect them in the statistics because of of the of the methodology. Uh, I think a good indication is that uh, the government in the in the final budget that they released last week actually uh, unemployment is seen at 18 percent, when previously it was uh, expected to be 16.5. So there is a realization that um, the, the, the situation that is evolving, that is developing now, uh, could potentially have a carryover effect into the first quarter of next year. Uh, actually, it will have a carryover effect, and then the the, the, the tourism season and the retail market. I think is going to probably take a few months before they find their footing in the next year. So uh com- combined with potentially even if you even if we double the, um, the revenues from tourism next year which is what the government is hoping for uh, still that's going to have a, a, a severe impact in the sector overall and employment so uh, I, th- I think we are we're looking at figures that will be in in excess of
0: 18% no it's worrying stuff uh, and you mentioned that the final version of the 2021 budget which was submitted to Greek Parliament on November 20 after much writing and rewriting of course by the finance ministry because the, you know the fundamentals kept kept changing almost uh, week by week by week if not day by day <speaking in the language> Uh, now the government has arrived at a figure for the recession for this year, uh, which is 10.5%, a, a contraction of 10.5%. But there's much more in the budget that is of relevance to how we might expect things to unfold next year, which which you mentioned there with regards to the employment uh, market. Um what are the main expectations for 2021 as far as the Greek economy is concerned
2: first of all there's a major uh, downward revision from seven point five percent that was expected at the beginning of October when the draft was submitted to four point eight percent the the other consideration is that out of this four point eight percent roughly two percent two percentage points are expected to be from the um, uh, the RRF fund from the EU funding, um, which is going to be a bit of a challenge because uh, o- already the, the the process of finalizing it at EU level and uh, approve the complications that we know with Hungary and Poland uh, and the technicalities of it at the Commission level have not been cleared yet. So that means that the funds will probably come in the in the second half of the year. So. The government is expecting around 5.5 billion um, related to those funds to come from June onwards uh, to boost investments and to to help the economy regain its footing a little bit. I, as you can imagine, given the prior experiences, uh, these things are not are not easy, and they don't move as fast as we would like them to. So this is also um, another challenge. And the, and the big ticket for the government, which is also reflected in the component assumptions for next year, it expects exports to grow by a quarter, by 22.5%. And a lot of it is seen coming from uh, uh, from services exports in transport with global trade picking up and, of course, tourism. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see because the experience of last summer, not so much the season itself, I think restoring air connections and flights and uh, bookings took, took a couple of months, you know, from May took May and June before we started seeing some traction. Um, I don't think we are in a situation that things will be so smooth uh, come first quarter of the year and people will immediately start booking their holidays to come to Greece. So that's that's going to be a bit of a challenge. And of course, um, equally, although it's revised down, the government is expecting investments to grow by 23%, assisted by those EU funds, uh, which is, is probably one of the GDP components that's always missed by all governments in, uh, in Greece over the years, because there's a big wishful thinking that we're going to eventually see this investment spree that never seems to materialize.
0: Yes, it is a, a long and a sad story, particularly in Greece's case, and of course, all this you know we're discussing is, as you highlighted, there dependent so much on external factors, and I guess the big uh, dominant one here is the development and the rollout of the vaccines, which uh, you know is becoming a bit clearer, but still can't be predicted with accuracy. Yanis, I want to finish the discussion on another question looking ahead and taking an even longer glance into the future if you like by checking out you know the the dreaded debt issue which has been hanging over Greece since the beginning of the previous crisis more than a decade ago. COVID-19 has been disastrous for Greece's debt dynamics in the short term. Can you give us an idea of how bad it is and how we can expect the situation to develop over the next decades? That's how far ahead we're looking.
2: Yeah. Well, the, in the post-pro the, the latest post-program review, the European Commission that is monitoring the the surveillance process has updated uh, the the debt sustainability analysis for the first time since the fifth review. That was the eighth. Uh, the previous one was at the beginning of the year and it did not have all the you know, Pandemic-related developments, uh, without burdening people with numbers, uh, I think it's worth uh, keeping in mind that we will be around 50% of GDP uh, higher debt stock in uh, the next 20 years, even if things go as planned.
0: That that that's a that's a big rise.
2: That's, that's that's a big rise. That's a big revision, and the, primarily because um, the, the the growth assumptions have changed and the fiscal uh, assumptions have changed.
0: And someone might say, "Okay, well, you know, you all European governments are, are borrowing money to fund their stimulus programs. Everyone's debt is going to rise, so maybe it's not such a a, a big issue." Uh, would that be the prism through which to view? this uh, increase in, in, uh, in terms of Greece.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think we had much choice on the fiscal front to uh, this year. We had, we had to do the support measures that we did and uh, the amount to uh, combining the two years this year and next will be more than 31 billion. I don't think there was an option there. Uh, also, the, it was beyond our control, the way the the situation developed on the, on the macro front. The denominator of this, but uh, other countries don't have uh, 200% of GDP debt. There are some. There are some mitigating factors. For instance, a lot of it is uh, owed to the official sector. Uh, we have very favorable terms. We have a long um, average maturity that exceeds 20 years. It's not. Uh, it's not all bad. Uh, however, uh, I, I believe also looking at the a couple of adverse scenarios that the european commission has included in the um, analysis of the debt sustainability analysis yeah. which include less um, uh, growth than uh, estimated and potentially higher uh, interest rates in the markets for greece the gross financing needs are increasing uh, significantly than the baseline scenario from uh, 2030 onwards. And considering at the beginning of 2030, the Europeans uh, agreed to look at the topic again, uh, I don't think there's anything that needs to be done uh, uh, immediately, but uh, the the, the discussion is going to be a little bit more complex after this year.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And, you know, uh, I I put the uh caveat that we don't want to always sound like the harbages of doom on this uh, podcast when we're talking about the Greek economy, but it is, I think very useful and wise to be aware of the the pitfalls ahead of us. And of course, uh, you know, we all hope uh, things uh, work out for the best, but as the last year has shown us, um, you know, things can come back and, and, and bite you and surprise you and, and, um, uh, you know, there are always uh, dangers on, on the road. Um, Yanis, Omira, I want to thank you very much again for your time. Omira, you can come out from under the duvet. For, <laughs>
4: thank you, Nick.
0: Uh, Yanis, thank you. You can, you can take Dottie the dog for a walk, who I think I heard in the background at some point. Pleasure, Nick. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank bye
4: you. bye. Bye bye.
0: There you go, Phoebe. Some podcasts take you behind the curtain. The Agora takes you under the duvet.
1: <laughs> you see, listeners, the ends we go to.
0: <laughs> well, that's it for another show. We'll be back with the next episode very soon. In the meantime, you can listen to us in previous episodes. Please check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. A reminder that the Agora is brought to you by Macropolis. You can find out more about us at www.macropolis.gr. That's Macropolis with a C. Thanks to Amira and Yanis for joining us on this episode. And thank you, Phoebe, for your company and uh, that uh, interview you did, which gave us a real insight into what's going on, at least in the Greek tourism sector. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Nick. Bye, everyone. Don't forget to rate us.
0: Bye-bye.